You are listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with Steve Worsley, the toxic mold expert and your number one source for mold consulting and mitigation in the USA. Let's dive into a brand new episode. Before we get started on this episode, here's a not so short disclaimer. While all attempts have been made to verify the content provided in this podcast, neither the podcaster or the producers assume any responsibility for errors, omissions, or alternative interpretations of the issues discussed here. All information stated in this podcast is the opinion of Steve Worsley. Steve Worsley is a mold specialist with over 25 years of experience in the construction and mold industry. The Toxic Mold Podcast is for information sharing purposes only. The views expressed are those of the podcaster and his alone. These views should not be taken as expert instruction or commands. While there may be references to medical conditions and symptoms, all podcast episodes are the opinion of Steve Worsley and any medical questions or concerns shall be addressed with the appropriate licensed medical professional or professionals. As the podcaster refers to different mold types, please be aware that Steve Worsley is not a microbiologist and questions concerning mold specifics should be answered by the appropriate professional. Steve isn't nor does he offer any legal advice. For any legal advice, you must speak with a lawyer. The listener is 100% responsible for his or her own actions. You can check out Steve's books on Amazon. Just go to Amazon and search for author Steve Worsley. You can also take Steve's courses on Udemy or Skillshare, and you can find out more about those at cnccontractorservices.com. Now, let's get to the episode. Hello, you are listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast. Today is our first time that we're going to do this solo. Uh, We talked about this in the last episode that we're going to take a new approach. Uh, So today's episode 175, we're going to go over the fall checklist. So it's uh, starting to get chilly at night. Uh, Hopefully where you're at, it's not snowing yet. Uh, But uh, anyhow, it's going to get cold. So we need to make sure that we have uh, this fall checklist in mind so that we can prevent any toxic mold concerns. Uh, This checklist I update it every year, but it's a lot of the basics are the same, so you know we'll just go through everything. Uh, but please remember, if you do need any type of specialist, a uh, home inspector, plumber, electrician, anything like that, or mold specialist, that you do reach out to the the proper professionals. Uh, just going off of this checklist is not going to uh, prevent mold all the time or or any home problems. So like I said, uh, you know, we, we, we switch this up every year just a little bit. Um, I try not to obviously make it the same. It's a recording, so I, I, I it's about impossible to keep the same. But as we always talk about, I like to start on the exterior. And when we do the exterior, we want to start up on the roof. Uh, the reason we do the exterior first is just so that if we find any defects, let's just say some missing shingles or something up on the roof, that gives us... Uh, something to really be paying attention to on the inside of the home. So, you know, let's just say you're you're missing a couple shingles over the master bedroom area. When you're in the attic, if there is an attic above that area, you want to check where those shingles are missing and make sure there's no water stains. And then also in that bedroom itself, you want to be looking at the ceiling. So 
you know, when we when we look at the, the roof, I know a lot of you probably, I don't obviously have any problems with it, but I know a lot of people do. If you have any problems getting up on a roof, you can always do it with the, some binoculars. Um, you can also, you know, if it's frosty out or the pitch on the roof is too steep, just put your extension ladder at the eaves and just climb to the top of the ladder and do a visual inspection from there. But obviously it is best to crawl up on the roof. Um, you know, it's just easier to walk around. But once you get up there, anyhow, first thing we're going to look for is missing shingles. Uh, it's common, you know, we've, we've got hurricanes that are happening uh, down in Florida. Florida just got hit pretty hard. So those winds can blow those shingles off. Uh, over time, those shingles can obviously not... Uh, not stay attached so and that could be for many things also check for any debris such as tree limbs and things like that on the roof if you have a chimney go ahead and make sure that you check that chimney and the chimney cap make sure there's no cracks or anything going on with that um, and then another really important thing on the roof is your rain gutters if you don't have any make sure you get some they're not that expensive uh you know, I say not that expensive, but linear feet, you're only going to need it for your eaves. So I would say a typical homes, maybe 150 feet, uh, linear feet that you would need of gutters. You could probably get gutters installed with uh, screens, which is very important so you can keep debris out. You can probably get it done for just about $10 a linear foot. And obviously, it's going to change depending on where you live, but you know, we're talking below $2,000. So it's very, it's well worth making sure you obviously have gutters. So uh, the other things up on the roof, your plumbing flues. So those black pipes that are coming out of the roof, those are your plumbing vents, not really flues. Um, the flues you would have up there is your furnace and your water heater. Check those and make sure they have that weather termination cap on the top of it, meaning it's got a crown on it so that water cannot come straight down that pipe. Now that's only going to apply for the furnace flue and the water heater flues. Those black pipes, which is just ADS pipes that are coming out of the roof, those are just plumbing vents. So they're not going to have any sort of termination cap on them or anything to keep water from going down. So don't be concerned about that. But when we do look at those the, the plumbing vents, make sure, I call it the boot um, or the roof jack. It's that black plastic stuff at the base uh, where, where the flue literally comes out of the roof. Go ahead and check that make sure it's not cracked. There's no voids on it. So once again on the roof, let's check for missing shingles. Uh, check your gutters. Check your flues. Make sure that everything's intact uh, so once you get down off the roof you want to make sure that all of your hoses are unhooked uh, you know most hose bibs spigots faucets whatever you want to call it most of them are frost free but what happens a lot of times if you leave your hose plugged in uh, that water in that hose is going to uh, make the hose expand once it freezes and it could it could damage the hose bib actually on the house so just make sure that you do remove all hoses from their spigots. Um, also, if you live in a very cold area, um, you can buy at your local hardware stores. You can just buy an insulated cover, just a little square kind of foam cover that you can put over that spigot, which would help anything, you know, help it from freezing. 
Um, they're not typically required these days, but if you do have an older home, make sure that you do have something on there. Also, another important thing on the exterior for this checklist is the hard surfaces. So when I talk about hard surfaces, I'm talking about things like your foundation, brick, uh, grout, sidewalks, driveways, um, even the siding to an extent. Um, you want to check all those for cracks. Now, uh, things are obviously going to crack. That's natural. But per home inspection standards, um, unless they've changed, I haven't. Uh, I've been certified as a home inspector for a long time. <laughs> so a couple decades. So the, the standards could have changed. I don't believe they have. But anyhow, what we classify as common curing and settling cracks in hard surfaces is a crack that is up to one-eighth of an inch in width. Um, obviously, those cracks have to be running vertically. So if you have a, a horizontal crack, let's just say, well, when I say vertically, um, in, in stuff like the walls or your foundation, if you have a, a, a crack that's running horizontally in your foundation, you've got major issues. So uh, at that point, you'd have to call call an engineer or a foundation specialist in. But as far as driveways, those cracks... Um, they can be cracking pretty much anyway. It doesn't matter which direction they're running. But make sure, even if they're an eighth of an inch or smaller in width, make sure you seal those cracks. Because what's going to happen in the winter time is we have what's called the freeze-thaw effect. And when moisture gets down into that crack, it's going to end up in the soils below that. Let's just say it's a driveway. When the... Uh, subsoils or the, the soils themselves the subgrade when they freeze they're going to expand and the the area or how much it's going to expand will be de excuse me will be de determined by the amount of moisture in it so you know the the analogy i typically use is if you put water in a in a in, a, in anything in your freezer you put it in there, it's going to expand. Let's say you fill it half full. It's going to expand up to a certain spot. And every time you pull it out of the freezer and let it thaw and then put it right back in the freezer, it's going to keep freezing. The expansion is going to happen at the same point. Um, now, when you add extra water to that, it's going to keep going higher and higher. So it's the same concept with the three feet freeze-thaw effect on your soils around your home. So if that crack is not sealed, you're going to keep giving it more moisture. And so that's going to make that driveway or whatever surface that it's cracking, it's just going to get worse and worse over time. So cracks for the most part are not bad. You just have to address them and make sure that they're sealed. So if they're large, um, you know, obviously you can call a concrete company and, and, and get advice from them. But if they get larger, you can put backer rod in them, which is just a foam uh, you'll see them doing that a lot of that on freeways when they're when they're doing their maintenance on them. They they saw cut that. They put backer rod in that, which is you know literally foam, and then they put a, uh, a sealant over the top of that, like a Sikaflex. So anyhow, check all your hard surfaces and make sure that all the cracks are sealed. If you know you've been in this home for a few years and you notice that it's the same cracks in the same areas. For the most part, you shouldn't be concerned. Um, but a lot of you'd be asking, you know, what does this have to do with mold? And I know a lot of this checklist is more a maintenance thing. But when it comes to mold, let's say you have a crack in your foundation that you don't seal. 
or let's say you sealed it last year or in the fall and and it, it's it's opened up again. That would be a concern, first and foremost, that that crack is, it's not staying sealed. Um, and that could be for a few reasons, but typically it's probably more movement, more expansion when the soils freeze, which tells us there's a grading and drainage problem. So anyhow, if that crack's not sealed properly, that water's gonna come right in, whether it's a crawl space or basement, it's gonna accumulate somewhere, whether it's in a wall cavity or just on the floor, um, and it's going to start causing more and more problems. So make sure those cracks uh, are sealed. Um, also, when we talk about the exterior, another important component for our checklist is your sprinkler systems. And I'm, I'm not going to say I know what the pricing is uh, for, for all the areas throughout, throughout the world. But for the most part, for a couple hundred dollars, you should be able to get your sprinklers blown out professionally. And that literally takes the company maybe a half hour to do. So, you know, it's well worth the money. Obviously, I, I'm sure some of you listeners out there have uh, have forgotten or didn't know or you just didn't address sprinkler issues in the fall. And come next spring when you turn them on, you're going to have a lot of issues. So make sure you do get all your sprinkler systems blown out. Um, if you have a condensing unit for your AC system... Make sure that you cover that. Um, do make sure though when you when you cover it with a tarp or any type of cover, you can actually buy a a, a universal cover that'll fit um, from many hardware stores. But anyhow, make sure when you put that cover on, do not turn on your air conditioner until you remove that cover. Um, another thing, also, it's it's fairly obvious uh, for the exterior is to store and winterize all your equipment, such as you know mowers, weed eaters, and stuff like that. Um, and last but not least, some of the things on the exterior that, that a lot of you might have in the colder areas is what we call heat tape. And that heat tape can be several different, um, will be, it can be used in several different areas. You'll see like a, that V shape on the eaves of roofs, that's heat tape. Uh, that's designed so that the Snow doesn't accumulate there. Um, when the snow accumulates there on the eaves, could be in a valley typically, that that freezes, becomes ice, and then it can cause what we call what what I call an ice dam. And it, at the end of the day, what that really is is the the water, because you know water obviously follows the path of least resistance. It follows its way um, up and or typically gets up underneath those shingles, and it creates that ice dam. And it literally traps water in there. And over the winter months, or you know, if you're in Wyoming, it's it's. My wife always says it's nine months out of the year. So, um, but anyhow, uh, during the winter, that that ice dam just keeps getting bigger and bigger, and you can't see it because it's covered in snow, and all that moisture is literally going into the attic, and so all your fascias uh, gonna end up rotting out, and you're gonna have water stains in your ceilings you're gonna have mold issues up in your attic it's it's gonna be it's gonna be quite extensive so anyhow that's what that heat tape's for um, some of you may have heat tape that's around your main water uh, valve and water line that comes in um, in my opinion there shouldn't be any but um, you know if there is make sure you you plug that heat tape in and make sure that you monitor you know whatever that heat tape's heating up uh, whether it's a water line or if it's the eaves, make sure you monitor throughout the 
you know, winter months, make sure it's working because, you know, a lot of times those things can uh, become defective. So after we're done with the outside, um, this is out, this is how I do it, but I know a lot of people don't want to go up in an attic and if you don't have an attic, you don't have to worry about it. But the next thing I would suggest is you go up in your attic. And so when we get up in the attic, there's, there's a few crucial things that we're looking for. First and foremost, you want to make sure there's proper ventilation up there. And, you know, a lot of you probably say, well, how do I know, you know, obviously from, from a contractor's point of view, we can tell even from the exterior with the ridge vents, um, turtle backs, uh, gable vents, you could have a whole house fan that, that sits up there. There could be all sorts of, of ways you get ventilation, but the easiest way to tell for, for you as a listener is to buy a humidity gauge. And, you know, if you have a humidity gauge, I'm not saying that always will tell you whether the the ventilation's proper or not, but lack of ventilation will cause high humidity. So the best way to tell is just take your humidity gauge up there. I know you know this. Hopefully you know this because I talk about it all the time. You want to make sure your humidity is not above 50%. Um, our standards it's is 60%, and the reason why is that 60% mold can start, uh, it'll become viable and reproduce. So which causes larger mold infestations. So make sure that, that you do, you know, check the uh, ventilation up in the attic. Next thing, uh, depending on where you live, I know in the south um, and even back east, a lot of people have problems, you know, with raccoons or rats. Um, typically in our area, we don't, <laughs> we don't have those issues with those type of vermin up in the attic. But make sure you check for that. And you might wonder why, like, what is... What do rats or raccoons or mice have to do with with mold? Um, the, the the concern would be a couple of them. There's obviously an, an entry point for those vermin to get in. Well, wherever that entry point is likely could be um, a defect that could allow moisture intrusion into your attic. So that's one of the reasons. Also, um, you know, from from the vermin themselves, just their body heat can can cause condensation. Their urine up there, there are things that that, that they can contribute to to cause um, mold concerns. So, and on top of that, I'm I'm I don't know any of anybody. I'm sure there's some out there that like mice, but on you know on top of that, none of us like any of that. So, so we're checking for the the ventilation, which you're checking the humidity and. You know, speaking of humidity, make sure that you guys are checking that um, in many different rooms. So it's not um, it's not that hard to go throughout the house and check all that. So uh, once you're done up in the attic, um, also check for water stains up there. And what we're going to do is we're going to do the same thing on the interior of the home. First and foremost, daylight savings time is typically when I tell everybody, change out all your batteries and your smoke detectors. Um, daylight savings time is a great time to do that, you know, happens twice a year. So that makes it pretty easy to remember. Um, you know, I've always said in the past, just pick a, you know, even if it's Halloween or you have somebody whose birthday's in October, early November, just, just pick a historical date and just make that the time that you always, you know, do your fall checklist and that you, you change out the batteries. So throughout the home, you want to check 
all your ceilings for water stains. Um, as you very well know, that water stain uh, indicates a defect above it that could and will eventually contribute to mold infestations. So check for that. Um, check for cracking. I already addressed the cracking and sizes um, on the outside. If those cracks are pretty much the same, shrink and expand the same, they don't get any bigger, I wouldn't worry about it. Um, just because you do have to keep sealing it doesn't necessarily mean that it's a problem. Um, you could be using a silicone or something that's just not, doesn't have the elasticity to allow for, for that crack to, um, or whatever you're filling it with to stay sealed. So check for the cracks, um, places like your bathrooms, run your sinks for, you know, 30 seconds, look underneath your sinks, make sure nothing's leaking. Check all your walls also, not just ceilings for water stains. Um, once again, those water stains, even if they're somewhat dry, it does tell us that there was some sort of problem. You could have a dormant mold infestation or non-viable mold infestation. Um, another thing too, we talked about the smoke detectors, carbon monoxide detectors. Make sure you're checking those and testing those. Another thing that's just more of a safety item is to review the fire escape plans with the occupants of the home. Um, you know, if you have young kids, you, you know, you want to tell them, hey, you know, here in the basement, if there's a fire, you crawl out this window, there's a dresser in front of it for you to get out the window, kick the window out if you've got to, and climb out the stairs. Um, you know, we're, we're creatures of habit, so if you don't review those things, then it'll be tough you know, for the occupants to know. So um, make sure that, that you address that. If you have fire extinguishers, do an inspection on those. Um, last but not least, that, that you know, it is more expensive, but you do need to uh, do some sort of air testing. When I say some sort of, um, we always recommend a professional to do it, but it can't always be that way. So um, you know, you can buy do-it-yourself kits that, um, some that are similar to what we use as professionals, but anyhow, do, do air testing in your home. So, uh, we went over that quite quickly, um, on the interior, as far as the water stains, when I address that, make sure there is no signs of mold. And if there is, uh, make sure that you get a hold of the proper professional and keep in mind that I do, uh, VPAs, virtual property assessments, so we can, you're, you're the one behind the camera, but we can literally do a mold inspection um, over Zoom link um, or whatever we decide to use. And then we can recommend whether you need to go to a mold mitigation company or if we want to do air testing. Like I said earlier, there are DIY kits that you could do. Um, and then we also, you know, if you get testing done, we also offer uh, consultation packages to um, and we have different tiers that we can do, but we can also um, review the results of those air tests. So make sure that uh, you go to our website, uh, cnccontractorservices.com. There's a link on there for consultations. Under there would be your VPAs. So make sure you go out and get that booked. Have a wonderful day.
Thank you for listening to this episode. Make sure you go to our website at cnccontractorservices.com and sign up for the Mold Investigation Checklist. Again, go to cnccontractorservices.com and get your free Mold Investigation Checklist today. You can also, on cnccontractorservices.com, find out more about Steve's courses and books and consultations. Once again, go to cnccontractorservices.com. Mm-hmm.